just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. Had kind of an interesting day today. I did my TikToks, as I normally do. But then later in the day, about 7 o'clock my time last night, I decided to do a live. Nobody else was home but me, so it was a perfect opportunity. I don't do lives too often. I mean, I like doing the lives. It's just that I had a lot of bad luck with Trumplicans coming in and uh, trying to take it down and cause problems and try to overtake the uh, the live. In fact, one time they almost did. So I've always kind of shied away from it. But I'd like to do more of it. It's a good opportunity to talk to uh, the folks directly on TikTok or some of you from the podcast. Um, but this thing went about two hours. We did have some Trumplicans come in. And uh, they were spewing the same old ridiculous bullshit. I called a couple of them out. But guess what? None of them reported me. None of them had this taken down. In fact, there were no violations at all during the live. So I was uh, emboldened by that. That was nice. I don't know if I had any of my moderators out there or not. This was kind of a last-minute thing. And uh, so I just thought I'd take a chance. And it was kind of interesting. You know, you always get people who want to step in and talk to you during the lives. And I'm always reluctant about that because sometimes you get some dipshits that come in. So I generally try to deal with people I know. Now, the first one was a young woman, probably around 40 or so. Didn't know her, but uh, she had some interesting conversations. She had some interesting questions, and it did pretty well. Then I was going to let it go for a while, just focus on those people in the live. And then along came a gentleman that we know as Trucker557. If you're on TikTok, you probably know him. He's a trucker. He's got a uh, a laugh the way he starts off all of his TikToks. It's become iconic with TikTok. But he's a man of about my age, and we're of a like mind <clears throat> in terms of uh, politics. And I felt safe bringing him in. And actually, it went very well. He and I talked. We took some questions from the audience. And it went pretty well. I was surprised. Like I say, I got a little scared off of it with all the uh, complaints and the violations and uh, the situations where some of these Trumplicans would try to take over and dominate. It didn't happen today. It went pretty well. I enjoyed doing it. And hopefully I can do some more. It's maybe a a way of doing a podcast type of thing that's live where people can interact. And that is kind of a nice feature to it. It also has the camera, which I never thought was a big deal. But some folks are talking to me about doing a podcast with a video as opposed to just the audio. I feel more comfortable with just the audio because that's how I spent most of my life working in radio. I don't mind doing the video. I mean, I know who I am. Uh, We're not talking any thirst trap here, so I'm not worried about doing that sort of thing. I did start getting people telling me, you know, you look like Rush Limbaugh. Fuck you. (laughs) Well, we're we're both old. We're both uh, losing our hair. He's dead, of course, and thank God for that. But uh, I don't know if I should take that as an insult or a compliment. or I don't take it as anything. I don't 
fucking care. I've got other people telling me I sound like Andy Rooney or some other people out there. It doesn't matter. I am who I am. I'm me. I'm not trying to imitate anybody. Uh, I couldn't do a good job of it even if I wanted to. Now, the Rush Limbaugh thing, somebody said to me, you're kind of like a liberal Rush Limbaugh. And I don't know that that's true because Rush Limbaugh traded in a lot of lies, bullshit, and conspiracy theories. I don't do that. I try to focus on truth and justice and decency because so many people out here are trying to get clout by going the other way. And actually, Rush Limbaugh and the other people on Fox News, OAN and such, they're all doing the same thing. They all know better. They're smarter, but they know that they're going to get some traction, that they're going to get viewers, listeners, followers, whatever. So they decide, I'm just going to do that in spite of the fact that's not what I believe. I can almost guarantee you, because Rush wasn't a stupid man. He started this whole broadcast network on his own. And when I was a young radio person, and I saw him doing this before this whole Republican Democratic divisiveness, I was impressed because to be able to step away from the establishment in terms of broadcasting, start something on your own, that's enviable. I mean, so often when you work in radio, you're dealing with fuckers and uh, suits telling you what to do, and they have no idea what they're talking about because they've never been on the air. So I did envy him for doing that. But uh, what he did to make money and become famous and rich was deplorable, and I would never do that sort of thing. Anyway, the live went pretty well. I had a good time. I'll probably do some more live, so if you're on TikTok, uh, just keep an eye out, and we will uh, let you know when we've got another one coming. But I'm hopefully going to do more of these, different times of the day and such, but I will do more of them. Now, of course, uh, on the podcast, I do get a lot of emails, voicemails from time to time, and I wanted to read an email that I got uh, yesterday. And so this one comes to us and says, Hey, Mike, first and foremost, thank you for keeping us all informed with your daily podcast. You have a way of explaining things in down-to-earth terms that makes them easy to understand. The clarity is appreciated. And that's really one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing on the podcast and TikTok. You get so convoluted in terms of the stories from the media and such. They're trying to play off your emotions, and they don't just get down to the facts. In my life, in the things I've done in the past, sports play-by-play, essentially play-by-play of the traffic, the point is, is you try to take in information, boil it down into understandable terms, and deliver it to people. So this is kind of second nature to me. You know, you see these people that give this flowery language or they tell these stories around trying to get to the facts. And the thing about communication is the important thing is that you deliver the information and the people understand it. If they have to work too hard or they can't understand it, your communications are not successful. And if you're going to be in communications, do a show, do a TikTok, whatever, communications is the key. And I think people appreciate that, and that's why I do it. I like to simplify things because then people have a better understanding of what's going on and don't have to stress out over the bullshit they hear. So the the listener says, Anyhow, let me move on to the issue I'd like to get your feedback on. 
Not sure if the January 6th committee ever determined who in the Pentagon was responsible for delaying the National Guard being sent to the Capitol. I know that it was being done at the behest of Donnie Dumbass, but some Pentagon, Pentagon official had to make a call not to send the troops for three hours. In my opinion, this delay was treasonous act of the highest order and should be punished accordingly. Lastly, I heard your podcast where you encouraged your listeners to get out and vote. Absolutely. Voting is the only means we have to take back our country, so I thank you, sir. That's really about it. The whole reason Donald Trump got kicked out of office, and I talked about this on the live, is because people got out and vote. Now, Donald Trump will say it had to be cheating because so many people voted for Joe Biden. Now, 81 million people didn't come out because they loved Joe Biden. They came out because they were scared shitless of Donald Trump. So if Donald Trump has anybody to blame for this big Democratic turnout, it's himself. People were frightened, and they reacted accordingly. And when we're coming up to the midterms now, I think people should keep that in mind. If we hand over majority to the Republicans in the Senate or the House or both, they should be just as fearful. Nothing will, nothing will get done. In fact, some bad shit will get done ultimately. And so that same fear should still be within us come the midterms. Now, midterms are known for getting far less um, attendance than the presidential uh, situations, those elections. Uh, but I think this will be different. I think there's enough things coming out about uh, the Republicans, Donald Trump, and the administration that that fear will be reinstilled in people as we get to the midterms. That's part of what the House Select Committee is doing by exposing all these things. That's part of what Georgia is doing, the Manhattan District. All these things that are coming out are building up that um, stress in people's minds, understanding that if we give anything away to the Republicans, this country's in trouble. And so going out to vote is absolutely essential. That's the one way we can beat everything. If we have a huge turnout and people vote, they can't deny that. Well, they'll try, but they can't. Now, this, uh, this emailer said uh, she, they wondered who was the person in the Pentagon that made the decision to hold back the, um, the National Guard. Now, Donald Trump was one of the main reasons the National Guard was held back for three hours. That's why everything got as bad as it did. Had the National Guard been there right after it started, that would have been shut down pretty fucking quickly. And that's what should have been done. Donald Trump was definitely behind that delay. But who in the Pentagon made that choice? Well, I'll tell you. And for the life of me, I don't remember his first name. But it doesn't matter because he is, in fact, Michael Flynn's brother. He's a general in the Pentagon. You know, Michael Flynn, the traitor, the one that was uh, convicted of a felony and then pardoned by Donald Trump, this uh, crazy conspiracy theorist, this insurrectionist, this piece of shit. Well, the guy making the call in the Pentagon was his brother, who's equally as dumb, equally as crazy, equally as a conspiracy theorist and such. Uh, 
So that's the answer. It was Michael Flynn's brother. I don't know what it is. I'm sure one of you is going to Google it and uh, then know who it is. But it was Michael Flynn's brother. And that should tell us a lot. Because apparently Michael Flynn and his brother are flat-out treasonists. And it's uh, upsetting even imagining any of them, either of them, having any kind of power. Now, of course, uh, we've got other news going on that we need to talk about. Let's talk about New York Attorney General Letitia James. Well, now, she's going after Donald Trump and the Trump Organization for fraud in their business. We've talked about this before. I'll tell you again what the big issue is. Donald Trump had a tendency to overinflate the value of his property and underinflate the value of his property. Now, somebody I was talking, well, I was talking to Trucker 557, and he said, I didn't think that was a big deal, but now I understand it. Well, see, what Donald Trump would do is if he needed a loan on a property and he needed a collateral, he would put up one of his hotels, say it's worth $5 million. He would say it's worth $20 million so that he could get this bank loan and have the proper collateral. Or if it was insurance, if something went wrong and he had to make an insurance claim, these, this building that may be worth $10 million is now worth $20 million because that's what he said. Now, on the other side of the coin, what he would do when he had to pay taxes on his income and his properties, he would devalue those properties. That $10 million property may be now $2 million, so he had to pay fewer taxes. Now, what you need to understand is both these things are hugely illegal. We're talking bank fraud, we're talking insurance fraud, and we're talking tax fraud. And so Letitia James is going after Donald Trump about this. She's been working on this for a couple, three years, two years maybe. And uh, She's pretty intent on going after them. Now, of course, in the investigation, she wants to talk to the Trumps. Now, I understand Donald Trump was the president and was supposed to be out of the mix when it came to his businesses, but he wasn't, which in fact, in fact is also illegal. But the people running his company were Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr., and Ivanka Trump. They were all intermeshed in these businesses. They were responsible for running these businesses. So Letitia James wants to talk to these folks since there's so many uh, egregious crimes in their daily practice in, uh, in the company. Now, you might note that she did talk to Eric Trump a while back. Eric Trump uh, pled the Fifth, Am- Fifth Amendment 500 times. So what he's basically saying is he's potentially guilty on all 500 of these questions, which raises a flag to uh, not only Letitia James, because Letitia James is going after a civil complaint, but she's also working in tandem and in parallel with uh, the the Manhattan District. And uh, so any information that comes out of this civil trial will go to the... uh, Um, Manhattan District and and the criminal uh, complaint. And if these people are now admitting that they have some criminal activity and they don't want to answer, well, of course, the Manhattan District is going to dig into those specific areas and find out what those potential crimes were. 
But now Letitia James has also asked for Donald Trump Sr. to show up, Donald Trump Jr., and Ivanka Trump. Now, of course, Donald Trump did whatever he could to slow this down or stop it. He doesn't want to testify. He doesn't want his kids testifying, so he took it to court. Well, yesterday, a judge in that court said, yeah, that's not a thing. You don't get to miss this uh, deposition. You need to go, you need to sit, and you need to answer the questions. So this is a big problem for Donald Trump. I mean, frankly, if you put Donald Trump in front of a microphone, it's almost impossible to um, expect him not to lie. And even though it's just a deposition and not court technically, he would be under oath. And if he did lie, that would be perjury. Now, Donald Trump is going to be hugely at risk for perjury. The way he talks is constantly lying. He can't even help himself. I think he even believes his lies. So for him to have to sit down and talk to Letitia James is going to be a problem. And over and above that, can you imagine Donald Trump being pushed around by a, a woman with power, a black woman of power, with his racist tendencies and his anger for women? This is going to be an interesting conversation. Now, He will probably try to appeal this, but we know he also tried to appeal the release of the documents from the National Archives. He misjudged that. He thought it would delay it for a long time, but in fact, the courts ran through it pretty quickly. Federal court, appellate court, Supreme Court. And when it got to the Supreme Court and they said, no, Donnie, that's not going to work. Well, then he had no place to go and those documents were released. If he does decide to try to fight this, and I don't know what good it's going to do, it'll be the same kind of thing. It'll go from court to court. It will go very quickly, and then Donald Trump will lose another court case, as he always does, and he will have to testify. And then when he does testify, of course, he's going to be asked a lot of hard questions, and we know that Donald Trump isn't good with hard questions. Ivanka Trump was deep into this company. And uh, she's going to have to talk. Donald Trump Jr., if he can catch him sober, it might be an interesting conversation. But Donald Trump Jr. is a totally different wild card. Like I say, he looks like he's doing some kind of narcotic, whether it be cocaine or Adderall or whatever the fuck he's doing. He's doing something because when he does his uh, Instagrams, it just looks absolutely absurd. Now, if these folks decide to uh, plead the fifth, which is conceivable, knowing these fucks, there's some bad things about this. This is going to be more high profile. And for Donald Trump, the former president of the United States, to plead the fifth, this is going to be immensely embarrassing. It's going to be unprecedented. No president has ever done that. And he's going to look incredibly stupid. Now, we know Donald Trump has a big fear of looking stupid, so he's kind of caught in the middle there. He's going to have to sit down, and if he pleads the fifth, he's going to look immensely stupid. But if he answers questions, he's inevitably going to commit perjury. So he can't win either way it goes. Now, here's something you need to know. Letitia James and other people have looked into these uh, investigations and the evidence that that are there. In fact, the judge 
who said he had to sit for this said, there's a lot of widespread fraud in this thing. And since the judge said that, it's going to make it hard for anybody to overturn it in future courts if, in fact, he takes it up the chain and tries to bring it to the Supreme Court. It's going to be impossible for them to overturn it based on what that judge said. Now, whether Donald Trump and his his family talks or not really doesn't make a difference. You have to understand there's already been a lot of evidence gathered, and it's all been proven, and that will all be part of the court case. Everybody who's seen this information said, wow, this is widespread. But here's something not too many people are talking about, but certainly an option. An option that I think this same attorney general used on Donald Trump's charity when he had all those problems and he was misusing funds. But here's the deal. As attorney general of the state of New York, if she finds widespread ongoing fraud within a company, and she most certainly will with the Trump organization, she has one nuclear option. And I hope Donald Trump is thinking about it because there's no way of getting out of that. That nuclear option is this. If there are widespread fraud, ongoing fraud over years and decades, she has the power to dissolve any company, including the Trump organization. She can literally snap her fingers and say, Trump organization is no more. That is going to freak Donald Trump out and going to take the pins out from underneath him. Now, let's be perfectly honest. The fact that the organization has been indicted, the CFO's been indicted, the fact that uh, his accounting firm has stepped away from him, this company is all but done anyway. Probably be doing Donald Trump a favor by dissolving it. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Donald Trump and his two two, uh, offspring have 14 days to provide documents in 21 days to show up for the deposition. So he's got limited time to do whatever he's going to do to try to delay it. But we know that even if he does try to delay it, it's not going to work. Donald Trump hasn't won a court case in fucking how long? And it's certainly not when he's claiming privilege. I think we've already established that he does not have executive privilege. Only the sitting president has executive privilege, And Joe Biden doesn't feel like helping out Donald Trump. So that's what's going on. And uh, it'll be interesting. Letitia James isn't a woman to be messed with. She she ain't fucking round. (laughs) And it wouldn't surprise me after seeing all this evidence, especially if Donald Trump gives some pushback and won't testify. Don't be surprised if Letitia James makes an announcement saying, The fraud is widespread. I have the power, so I will dissolve the Trump organization. Then Donnie's truly fucked. He has no more money. He has no more company. He has no more standing. And all he's got is trials and lawsuits coming up. Donnie Trump's hanging by a thread, and it isn't going to go well because none of these claims are wrong. They're all true, and there's evidence. Donald Trump will take a beating. Now, as I've said before, he's being investigated by a number of groups. The Manhattan District, the New York AG, Georgia, Washington, D.C., the federal government, the House Select Committee. 
All we really need is one group to uh, issue an indictment. Once Donald Trump gets that first indictment, shit's going to fall apart. As it is, we're seeing numbers, large numbers of people peel away from Donald Trump. You know, it's funny, they're doing it to save their ass. But I got to tell you, and I don't think I'm alone in this, if you have somebody that stood by Donald Trump for five years up to now, and now they say it's a bridge too far, we're going to separate from him, that's not going to be enough. That stink of Donald Trump will be hanging heavily on anybody who decides to peel off now. They might be up for crimes of their own, but they're certainly going to take a beating for their connection to Donald Trump. They waited too long. They should have done it before now, but they didn't, and now they're fucked. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right. Now, as an addendum to that first story that we talked about, you have to understand that Donald Trump right now is in panic mode, and he has every right to be panicked. Like I said, his very life, his very company, all his money, all hanging by a thread. Um, and and he's just fucking losing it. What he what he did was sent out a um, press release. And here's the thing: the lawyers for Donald Trump are trying to use as a basis for Donald Trump being innocent in these Letitia James claims is that, well, you know, that was just the accountant. I I didn't really have anything to do with it. But then Donald Trump, as I say, every time he opens his mouth, he fucks himself over. He sends out a press relief saying, I know all of it. I know all of it. Here are the figures. See, he was so butthurt that somebody would suggest that he isn't worth as much money as he says he is. And that overrides everything. You're hurting his ego. You're hurting his image. And nothing goes higher than that. So um, what Donald Trump said in his press release was, this represents an unconstitutional attack on our country, and the people will not allow this travesty of justice to happen. See what he's doing? He's inciting his red meat-eating, Trumplefuck, stupid bastards to get them wound up and maybe get violent again. We know that he recommended these Trumplicans to go outside the buildings of uh, Letitia James, the people in uh, the Manhattan District, the new uh, DA there, and uh, down in Georgia. Remember, he said all these people are racist. Well, all these people that are investigating him happen to be black. So he's using that as an angle. Sorry, Donnie, that's not going to work. Nobody is buying that bullshit. And you're trying to incite people to resort to violence again. Did you not learn a lesson from January 6th? Now, whether these people will respond in kind, I don't know. They're not the brightest folks in the world. But I tell you what, if they get violent now with Joe Biden in office and access to the National Guard, this is not going to be pretty. It's not going to go like it did on January 6th. Nobody's going to hold back the National Guard. And people are going to get hurt. People may get killed. But it isn't going to be anybody but the trump Fox. So go ahead. Give it a fucking try. It's not the same world you were in on January 6th. 
Donald Trump has no control. You want to fight for Donald Trump? Risk your life? Risk your safety? Go fucking ahead. Because it's not going to go well for you. And here's Donald inciting them again. Because that's really all he's got left. He can't argue facts. So all he can do is try to whip up his crowd and hopefully be successful this time. But it's not going to happen. There won't be as many people that want to get into this fray. They saw what happened to 750 people that were indicted. They don't want any of that. They're not that courageous. So I don't see him actually um, causing any kind of uh, violence out there. But that's not to say small pockets of people will take it upon themselves to get violent just to show how tough they are. But i got to be honest with you, if you're thinking of that, if you're one of those folks that want to get violent to fight for Donald Trump, you're making a mistake. Because people are going to crack down fucking hard on you. And our U.S. government, our police forces and such, they're ready for you now. There's nobody holding them back. And if you're violent, carrying weapons or whatever the fuck you're doing, you could end up getting shot. You could end up getting killed. But when it's all said and done, the Trumple fucks aren't going to win. You can't beat what you're going to be up against. So, you want to try it? I wouldn't do it. Because you're going to be in fucking deep trouble if you do. So, we heard about Trump's accounting firm. We talked about that yesterday. And this accounting firm is breaking up with Donald Trump. We'll put him in a seriously bad spot. You see, there are investigations going on about Donald Trump's fraudulent behavior in his businesses. The accounting firm is the one that took all the numbers from the Trump organization, put it together, sent off uh, tax returns and other financial documents for banking uh, insurance and that sort of thing. Well, now that they're digging into this, Mazers, the accounting firm, is saying, holy fuck, we're in trouble. Because you see, as much as Donald Trump will be in trouble and be culpable for the things he did, fucking Mazers signed off on the shit. They're in trouble, too. They know they're in trouble. They know they're going to get punished. So what do they do? They're flipping on Donald Trump. They're submitting hundreds of thousands of documents, and they're going to testify against Donald Trump. They're trying to separate themselves, and they have to in a certain extent, but it's not going to be enough. I think they're hoping against hope by cooperating that they'll get some some of the punishment eased up on. I don't know if that'll be the case. They certainly won't go unpunished because what they did was so egregious. But now that um, Donald Trump doesn't have an accounting firm anymore, and now it's going to cause some problems, especially with Mazers flipping on him, essentially. Donald Trump has been trying to sell that he didn't know anything about the financial. His lawyers have been selling that, as I said. But Donald Trump can't shut up. And when he doesn't shut up, he always fucks up. So now he's telling everybody, yeah, I know everything about my business. I'm the smartest man in the world. But essentially what he's done is he's confessed. He's confessed to the crimes that Letitia James is saying he committed. That's how dumb this motherfucker is. I'd be surprised if the lawyers don't fire him too. 
I mean, how are you supposed to be winning a case or even trying a case where your client does nothing but uh, confess the shit he does? Donald Trump has never wanted anything. The only thing he's ever had going for him is a dad to bail him out and uh, the Russians to bail him out. We know Trump's children had said that they get a lot of money from Russia. Now, the only place Donald Trump could have gotten loans was from Deutsche Bank. So why would Deutsche Bank give them a loan when nobody else in the world would? Well, they wouldn't. Deutsche Bank is a little bit of a shady operation. They're under investigation for money laundering, fraud themselves, and some of it is tied to Donald Trump. So how did Donald Trump get the money? Well, the best guess is that the Russians provided the money to Deutsche Bank, and then in turn Deutsche Bank borrowed that money to Donald Trump. Some of you might think that's far-fetched, but how else would you explain it? Deutsche Bank is a bank. They're not going to give a guy money that they know he isn't going to pay it back. But if he works out some kind of deal with Russia, sends it to Deutsche Bank to launder it a bit. Remember, I told you that's what what Deutsche Bank is in trouble for. Launders it a bit and then feeds it out to Donald Trump. Now there's a bank borrowing money to Donald Trump. They wouldn't do it under normal circumstances, but since the money is guaranteed by the Russians, they're more than happy to do it, take their cut, make a little bit of money out of it, or a lot of money off the top, and get Donald Trump his money. Now, the problem with that is is now that uh, Donald Trump is obliged to Russia, to Vladimir Putin. This has been the big argument since the Mueller report. They keep telling us that the Russian hoax It's not a fucking hoax. He's got a lot of money coming out of Russia to him. And you know, at some point, Russia is going to want to get paid back. Now, it's one thing if a landlord isn't getting paid back. You can probably fuck around with that for a while. But I got to be perfectly honest. If I owe the Russians hundreds of millions of dollars, well, that might be a little more fucking problematic. That might even be dangerous. So we'll see how this all shakes out, but it doesn't look good for Donald Trump. In fact, if you look at all the things going on now, there is absolutely nothing that looks good for Donald Trump. He's juggling so many things he won't be able to keep up. And as I've said before, we only need one indictment. Once that indictment comes down, everything else will come raining down and Donald Trump will go down for the count at that point. Because once he's indicted, then he's going to go to trial and he's no doubt going to be convicted because he has no common sense. He does these crimes out in public in front of everybody, so blatant, so arrogant. So it's not going to be hard to convict Donald Trump of some of these crimes because he did it openly. And once he enters court, he's in a fucked situation. So... um It'll be interesting, but uh, I'm getting tired of waiting, as you folks are too. But I do feel like we're getting closer. Everything's kind of closing in on Donald Trump, and that is the target. Let's be perfectly honest. The target from the AG in Georgia, the target from the district attorney in New York, the target of the AG of the state of New York, the people in Washington, D.C., 
the DOJ. I know what you're saying. The DOJ isn't doing anything. I find that hard to believe. There's too many things that are too egregious. They have to be doing something. That said, Merrick Garland tends to be quiet about things. That makes sense. Why would you want to telegraph what you're going to do to a potential uh, suspect ahead of time? Give them a chance to get themselves ready for it. And this kind of ties into the next story. It's not the same topic, but same premise as to telegraphing what you're doing. Um. So Joe Biden is telling us that the Russia invasion of the Ukraine is imminent, like days. They've been telling us that for a week. But Vlad Putin is keeping the diplomacy door open. I find that strange. Mr. Tough Guy amassed 150,000 people around the Ukraine border, but he's still willing to be diplomatic. Diplomatic, motherfucker. You just piled these people in trucks, sent them down to the border. You weren't provoked. Nothing happened. So now you want to negotiate your way out? See, that's the bottom line. In my mind, Vladimir Putin does not want to evade um, Ukraine. Now, maybe he actually does, but he won't because there's too big a price to pay. We've talked about the sanctions and how damaging it could be to his economy. It would basically implode the country of Russia. He's not stupid. He's not going to do that. He doesn't want to invade. I mean, let's think about it. Think about who Vlad Putin is. Think about who the Russians are. If he wanted to invade, invade, wouldn't he fucking already done it? He's telegraphing everything he's doing. Where in the military strategies is that making sense? He's amassing these people, trying to make people fearful, upset. Now, the trouble is nobody is buying into it. Joe Biden isn't backing down. People in Congress aren't backing down. European countries aren't backing down. So whatever he's trying there isn't working. Now, with Joe Biden saying the attack is imminent, I don't know that he actually believes that. I don't think he does. But what he's doing is he's pressuring Vladimir Putin. Putin's putting on a show, and he doesn't want to do it because he'll get killed economically if he does, but he doesn't want to back down because he's so proud and he's got a big ego. So this has kind of pushed Vlad Putin into the corner, and I think Joe Biden knows exactly what he's doing. He's pushing him back And no one's ever done that to him. He's always been able to be the bully and run over people. But now that Joe Biden's there, Joe Biden's got some experience with Vlad Putin, a lot of experience in the U.S. Senate, so he knows what he's fucking doing. And he's pushing uh, Vlad Putin to uh, to the ends of his rope. Now, if you're Vlad Putin and then the Russians and you're going to attack a country, Wouldn't the element of surprise be crucial? And I don't mean just with Ukraine, but with America. Isn't it easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission? See, right now he's essentially looking for permission. He's not going to get permission, but he's still going to play out the tough guy. If he truly wanted to go after the Ukraine, he would have done it immediately as soon as he was ready, done it, And then when everybody was screaming and crying about it, he'd say, oops, oh, didn't mean to do that. But that's not what he's doing. 
He's trying to get something out of this. This is a negotiation tactic for him. He's real concerned about NATO. Because, you see, NATO has become very unified. And a lot of European countries are in NATO. Ukraine is not. He's afraid that if Ukraine becomes part of NATO, then on the western side, he'll be completely trapped. There'll be NATO people all over the place. Now, you could go after the Ukraine, but if they're in NATO, you got a problem. You can fight Ukraine and take over Ukraine, but if they're in NATO, which they aren't yet, but if they were in NATO, now Russia's got to fight all of the NATO countries. I mean, multiple, multiple countries. That's their charge, to be there to support one another. You hit one of us, you get all of us in return. And that certainly is a deterrent. And, of course, Vladimir Putin feels he's at risk if the Ukraine becomes part of NATO. So he wants to stop that. That's what this is essentially about, trying to angle this in such a way where he gets a promise from the United States or the Ukraine about not letting them join NATO. Well, the fact of the matter is there's never been really any talk about it. They know what kind of problems that could cause, so they're not tying them to NATO. But as NATO countries are united and standing strong, they do want to protect a country that's maybe uh, weaker, certainly much weaker than uh, Russia. So America and all the other NATO countries are basically playing that guy that uh, steps in and stops the bully. And frankly, frankly, uh, Vladimir Putin doesn't like it. You remember when they annexed uh, Crimea, uh, that was a part of the Ukraine. They annexed it and all hell was breaking loose as far as um, yelling and screaming, but nobody did anything. And I think that Vlad Putin thought, well, maybe they won't do anything and I'll just slip in there. But when he found out what the retribution would be and all the sanctions and such, and he realized that that is too much and that is going to be extremely damaging, that's when he decided, yeah, I'm not going to do this. That's my guess. That's my prediction. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's conceivable that he would go in, double down, and just attack. I just don't see how that makes any sense. It's far too big a risk. Now, one of the last things I want to talk about is Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy did something that I guess isn't really unexpected. But Kevin McCarthy is endorsing Liz Cheney's primary opponent. Um, Her name is Harriet Hageman. She's running against Liz Cheney uh, to be the Republican candidate for the House of Representatives from Wyoming. Now, of course, the reason this is happening is because Liz had the audacity to stand up to truth and question Donald Trump. She's not out of line. She's right in line with what she should be doing, any good politician would be doing. But it's contrary to what most of the Republicans want to do. They're fine with dealing with lies and injustice and conspiracy theories and that sort of thing. So now Donald Trump has endorsed a candidate to run against Liz Cheney in the primary. And to add insult to injury, the minority House leader, Kevin McCarthy, who's a chicken shit piece of shit, is now endorsing 
the opponent to Liz Cheney. This is going to be a bad choice. This is going to come back to haunt them. I think Liz Cheney will still win the seat. But a lot of shit is going to happen between now and then. Here's what you need to know about Harriet Hegeman. Harriet Hegeman hated Donald Trump. Back in 2016, they tried to get do everything they could to stop him from being candidate. Um, she said that Donald Trump was a bigoted candidate that would repel voters. She also said that the GOP would be um, saddled with someone that is racist and xenophobic. That's who she said Donald Trump was. But guess what? The latest thing she said is that I think Donald Trump is the greatest president in my lifetime. Really? You just told us he was a bigot, a racist, a xenophobe. But now you think he's the greatest guy in the world. That's why the credibility for politicians is so weak. They'll go whichever way the wind blows, whichever way is going to be most expeditious to them. She hated Donald Trump, but now she's accepting his endorsement and calling him the greatest president in her lifetime. That's the kind of people that want you to vote for them. These people are slimy. They have no credibility. They have no integrity. All they care about is elections, power, and money. And if you are dumb enough to vote for, well, you're dumb enough to get what you voted for because it's not going to go well. And Kevin McCarthy is right in the thick of it. He's all bought into this conspiracy theory and all the bullshit. So he's going to punish Liz Cheney by endorsing the opponent. Problem is, Liz Cheney's doing pretty well in fundraising. I think people are finally seeing that uh, the Trumplifucks are a little crazy and dangerous. So I don't think Liz Cheney's going to lose that race. I think she's going to win it. And as soon as these primaries take place... And Donald Trump has endorsed certain people in these primaries. If the bulk of them lose their primaries, you're going to see a mass exodus from Donald Trump. Now, none of these people like Donald Trump. He's just worth something to them. He brings something to the table for them, whether it be votes, notoriety, uh, whatever. That's why they like Donald Trump. They don't believe in his policies. They think he's a horrible human being. But if they can get votes, they're in love with him. Now, come the primary, if all these people he's endorsing don't get elected, well, now he's got a problem. The Republicans will see this and separate themselves even more as they get closer to the midterms. Once Donald Trump becomes a liability and as opposed to an asset, he will be gone and forgotten. And people run from him like he's a, a scary clown, which he kind of is. He's kind of a scary clown. Uh, but um, that's that's essentially what's happening. Kevin McCarthy is uh, complicit in this situation. He's going after Liz Cheney. Now, of course, um, we know the Republican Party censored Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger which was appalling. And that was a point where many Republicans stepped back and said, that's, that's too far. You can't do that. That's fucking crazy. Mitch McConnell's losing his shit because 
He believes that as long as they keep perpetuating this shit, uh, when it all falls down, people are going to go down with him. Now, Mitch McConnell is deplorable, but he's smart enough to set himself apart from the Trump uh, and the Trumplicans because it can't go well. This is all going to come down in a fucking smoking heap of shit. As this information comes out, he's going to have trouble. And those people that stuck by him will have trouble as well. Mitch McConnell's not stupid enough to do that sort of thing. So, we'll see. We are... Let me just see here. Um, now, this, this, this Harriet Hegeman... One thing you have to know, too, is uh, she's got some political background. She did run for governor, I believe, in 2018. She ran for governor of uh, the state of Wyoming, came in third place. So she's not really a hot commodity when it comes to a politician. But this is the best Donald Trump can drum up, and this is the best he can endorse. He's even gone with a woman as I said, has spoke badly about Donald Trump, said he's bigoted, said he's racist, says he's a xenophobe, but now she loves him. And the last time she ran for an office, she came in third place. I think Liz Cheney's going to win. I think it's going to upset Republicans to no end, and I can't fucking wait. I cannot fucking wait. All right, let's wrap up the uh, Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you very much for spending time with me. Uh, those of you that joined me during the live, thank you very much for that. I don't do it very often, but it's very gratifying when a lot of people show up, and fortunately a lot of people did. We will be doing some more lives. If you have questions, comments, complaints, by all means send me an email, just like our emailer earlier in the podcast. Uh, send it to rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. Uh, search Rational Boomer Podcast and you'll be able to leave a voicemail message. Can't tell you how it's how important it is that you folks participate and then you um, send in your questions, comments, and otherwise. That was the good thing about the live and why I want to do more of them. I can have direct contact with listeners or viewers and we can actually interact. I do like that too. But please don't hesitate writing emails or leaving voicemails. I love it. And whether they're good or bad, I will run them just to have total transparency. If you're mad at me about something, you can bet I'm still going to read the email or run the voicemail. It doesn't matter. I'll address it, and I won't hate you for not liking me. There's plenty of people that don't necessarily like me, so I can't I can't worry about that too much. Anyway, let's get going. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.